0: All right. Time for us to check in with Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. And boy, there's a lot for us to catch up on. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Simi. Okay, let's start with the these anti-Stoji protests set for today, because it feels like all the political parties kind of have this on their mind right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big story today. Rallies held by, there's I think there's two groups, Hands Off Our Kids and the One Million March for Children are scheduled around the country. There'll be at dozens of locations in BC, including in front of the legislature, uh, opposing what they call the sexually explicit content and gender ideology that is indoctrinating kids um, into LGBTQ TS plus ideology in schools through the SOGI uh, module, the sexual orientation and gender identity programs module. Uh, So that is something that most political parties yesterday tried to get out in front of because the BC Teachers Federation had written a letter to the Greens, United and NDP saying, please denounce this thing before it happens. And the TF likes to play a little politics as well. But I think in this case, uh, it was supposed to be an easy move by all three parties to denounce this, and the Premier wrote back, uh, Premier David Eby said, we're seeing this concerning rise where trans people are being targeted, we can't stand idly by in the face of a bully, we have to denounce this. The Greens wrote back saying, we stand with teachers and parents and students and in supporting inclusive education. <laughs> BC United's education critic, Eleanor Stirko, writes back and says, hey, it's the Liberal government in 2016 that created the SOGI policy. We've changed our name, but that doesn't change our pride in that. And it looked pretty good until BC United leader Kevin Falcon opened his mouth uh, yesterday and answered a question about it. Yeah, well, he he was asked by Vancouver Sun reporter uh, Katie DeRosa about this, and she sort of even zeroed in a bit more on the issue of pronouns and some people objecting to the idea that Uh, You know, maybe teachers need to consult with parents before a student can decide whether to change their pronoun. Falcon, he decides to answer by saying that when it comes to parents feeling a need to protest, it tells you something. It tells you they feel excluded and ignored and what's going on in schools. And it's important we don't dismiss that protest outright. And we recognize there's legitimate concerns driving some of these concerns amongst parents and that parents should have notice when sex education classes are planned and have the ability to withdraw their kids if they want, which, by the way, is what happens Yeah, uh, that's right what now. I
0: thought, too. I thought, wait you, a minute, this is not so, that's what goes on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And But uh, describing these protests as having legitimate concerns uh, is kind of, in a way, in- endorsing them. And so very quickly, the B.C. United Party starts scrambling and Kevin Falcon starts making calls and saying, listen, I didn't quite hear the question, but I answered it anyways. But I ben, need to also, reaffirm. Doesn't
0: this go completely like against what his own MLA, Eleanor Sturco was saying? Like her own party leader is the one who was questioning it.
1: It does, yes. It goes against her letter. And so he has to go out publicly and say, actually, I was wrong. Um, we do 100% support the existing Soji policies, and we wouldn't change them if we form government, which is – uh, which has been the United position, but I think people who haven't listened to Falcon would scratch their heads and go, well, maybe he's not being honest about it. Uh, maybe there's some ulterior motive here. I think that damage was done. And it allowed the NDP, who is just like, they have a whole wing of people waiting for anyone in BC United to say something about a social issue. And then they jump out and call uh, the party intolerant. And they point out all the weird history of MLAs who oppose Uh, Gay rights and trans rights and want to build giant monuments of Jesus's hands in the mountains above the Fraser Valley and stuff like that like weird stuff And so they're all over that and in lost in the shuffle uh, Are the bc conservatives who said nothing and I understand they're putting a statement out this morning They're not going to be in the march as a party But they expect many of their members to be and their statement is apparently going to talk about some of the shared values uh, that they might have with some of the things the protesters are saying, so it's the only party hmm. on the political spectrum willing to flirt with what typically semi like in the United States is a far right uh movement, the anti soji movement uh and is not really about soji it's kind of it's kind of a dog whistle for other things, and uh the conservatives look like they want to kind of uh tiptoe around that to see if they can pick up some support there.
0: Hmm. Okay. So that they tend to think that what those might be their voters?
1: I guess so. I mean, the conservatives continue to pride themselves on being the only party to take certain stances they they think and maybe there is something to this, that if they're the only ones talking in a by election about the issue of uh, trans people, uh, you know, trans women not being allowed to compete in sports with uh, other women, that they are somehow forging new political ground and somehow appealing to uh, a part of the electorate that wants an option. And the Conservatives continue to say, we want to be an option for people who are upset about the way that society and the world is going. So it would make sense that they would try to, in their minds, um, be the only party to not denounce what's about to happen today on these anti soji protests. And that appears to be a version of uh, what what they want to do. I think it's important also just to mention what Soji is, right? And yes. it's it's a learning module that if schools are allowed to use. It's not mandatory, it's a resource in the within the PE curriculum that talks like things about how your um, you know, sexual identity might shape your personal identity and can talk about the diverse types of families and the consequences of name calling and um, you know, it can and talk about prejudice and respectful language and uh, you know, little things like teachers, instead of saying, good morning, boys and girls, say, good morning, everyone. It is not pornographic. Um, it is not uh, about ramming an ideology down the throats of, of students. It's supposed to be about inclusive, making people feel welcome if they do, um, you know, regardless of their sexual uh, or gender but- It seems Uh, to have
0: become this kind of flashpoint that for some reason people who don't understand perhaps what it's fully all about, what they think it is, is enough Mm. to get them all fired up.
1: Sure. And because it's coming from the United States where it's slightly different and has been whipped up into a sort of like, you know, example of the woke um, agenda being forced on people that by the time it gets up here, for some people in today's march it's not going to matter what soji is it's part of something else and it's a, it's a dog whistle to intolerance for some people and it doesn't matter if you explain yeah. to them what soji is they're they're not going to listen to it so
0: exactly uh, There's more to come on that whole protest, the anti-protest, all of that that's coming up today. But there's other stuff in politics for us to break down with Rob Shaw this morning. Now, Rob, you mentioned B.C. United leader Kevin Falcon having a bit of a rough day yesterday uh, and because they tried to make a a policy announcement, too, didn't they?
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be the B.C. United's wildfire plan. And it turned into this is the second... Policy plank that the BC United has tried to launch in the last uh, week that has just been overshadowed by Leader Kevin Falcon kind of duffing uh, the thing into the ground a bit like a golfer who shanks their shot and the ball flies off and hits somebody in the head and the crowd on the side and the that's whole thing very kinda, visual
0: that's really it's visual very, and the guy's it. got a
1: hat and the hat flies off and then he falls over <laughs> anyways it's, it's a visual
0: thing I get it yeah so,
1: but political scientists will tell you all about it but the uh, the point being that like there was a plan there. No one really covered it, um, and it's probably worth mentioning because it is amazing in politics, I find. We talked about the wildfires, you know, all summer. It was a, It's a huge thing, and now that they have died down, this is the problem. People don't talk about it anymore. We don't do any of the preparation work or any of the discussion work or any of the public debate until next year they roar up, and then people go, why didn't we plan for this? So there was a BC United plan. If they form government, they want a bigger uh, full-time BC wildfire fighting service with an expanded provincial aircraft fleet and better technology. They want to tackle that issue of locals who have skill sets, who could be used and trained and given equipment and ready to go to help prevent fires in their community and respond and save their homes. Think of the North uh, Shuswap Lake folks who got into a big clash with the wildfire service this summer called thieves and mischief makers. The NDP still sort of trying to dig out of that one. Uh, a a better plan to boost financial support for people who evacuate in 72 hours. There were lengthy delays. The premier mentioned people sleeping in their cars, waiting to get help at centers. He's got a task force trying to figure that out. And then more aggressive uh, forest policies like fire smart funding to clear fuels before they threaten a community, which forest minister Bruce Ralston has blamed on municipalities for not doing. So I think the plan not It wasn't incredibly detailed, but it hit the areas that stung the NDP government and the wildfire service this summer and and provides a slightly different option for voters if they were unhappy uh, in different parts of the province, generally in the interior north that are already voting BC United anyways, but um, is, a, is a slightly different version of what the, the NDP is doing. And the NDP, to be honest, is, is trying to change theirs uh, to, to address some of these issues too.
0: So what is the rationale behind what we see BC United doing right now, which is this is another big policy announcement that they made. Like we're a year away from an election. Why do this now?
1: Well, I think that Kevin Falcon feels like he wants to give voters a chance to learn what BC United is because no one knows what the brand is. And as they learn what the brand is, it's more than just a soccer ball logo uh, it is more than just a weird new name. It's got a bunch of policies underneath it. So between now and the next election, if you somehow encounter BC United or wonder what it is, there'll be at least a few planks of a platform that might be able to hook you in depending on your if you're interested in crime or addictions or wildfires or whatever. Uh, the, the risk of that is that you play into your opponent's hands. The NDP have often criticized BC United for just complaining and not offering solutions. But if you offer solutions then the government just steals them and then your solutions become meaningless. So there is a bit of a balancing act it has to find there. But its intention, Falcon's intention, is instead of waiting till halfway through an election campaign to release a 100-page right. platform, he's going to do it ahead of time and try to hook people in uh, and hope that the NDP are too stubborn to change. And that is a... We'll, we'll see how well it works. It's not what most um parties do, but uh, it's an interesting approach by the leader.
0: Well, I guess it has to go off well, though, right? Like, as you point out, yesterday was another one. And there's some interesting stuff in that wildfire plan, but once again, got sidetracked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard for the opposition to get publicity, right? So they need these plans to land and launch in in the way that they hope otherwise that you know who's going to cover their wildfire plan tomorrow like there's other things going on there's so much news so they are a bit missed opportunities but they're the best that an opposition party can do sometimes which is hard to get uh to get uh, you know news attention and i think that it gives at least their mla something to talk about when they're trying to drum up support and it gives uh, the potential candidates that they want to recruit something to aspire to. You're not just joining a new title that means nothing. You're joining uh, a party that has some positions already. And so I think that helps them with recruitment. They got to be out there trying to find more Eleanor Sturkos, more really good uh, politicians to join BC United, modern folks who are intelligent and, um, smart and well-spoken, uh, and seem like good people too. And, uh, they need to have a few stakes in the ground for folks to want to join if they know what the party stands for. So there's that too. I think it makes sense. Um, the NDP are going (laughs) to make life difficult for them and the leader's not doing himself any favors, but, uh, the, the strategy is, is an interesting one.
0: It certainly is. All right, Rob, thank you.
1: Okay. Take care.